You are listening to the Conversational Selling Podcast with Nancy Calabrese. Hi, everyone. It's Nancy Calabrese, and it's time again for Conversational Selling, the podcast where sales leaders and business experts share what's going on in sales and marketing today. And it always starts with the human conversation. Today, we're speaking with Tim Fitzpatrick, the president and founder of Rialto Mobile Marketing, a company which provides marketing, consulting, and outsourced or fractional CMO services to help B2B professional service firms accelerate growth. With more than 20 years of entrepreneurial experience, Tim helps clients remove revenue roadblocks by focusing on three critical areas of marketing, strategy, planning, and leadership. Uh, Tim graduated with a mathematics major from UC Berkeley and started his career working in his family's business before going into entrepreneurship. Welcome to the show, Tim. I'm so happy to have you. Nancy, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, connect with you today. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the one thing that jumps out to me, how does a math major wind up in marketing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's a winding road. Let's put it that way. Uh, you kind of touched on it. I, when I got out of college, I had, I, I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do. And yeah. my dad had been a manufacturer's rep for a long time. He had started a distribution company a couple of years before that that was related to that business. And when I got out, I had no idea what I was going to do. And I was like, Hey, let me, I know you need help. He had no full-time people in the company at that point. Right. And I said, let me, let me help you for the summer. And so I, uh, I helped him for the summer and I was hooked. Like we were selling home theater equipment, you know, distributed audio, selling to contractors that were installing home theaters in people's homes uh, Nancy, I learned more doing that in six months than I did in four years of college. I just wow. I loved it. I was hooked. And my dad and I, you know, ended up working together for for nine years until we we sold. But, you know, we grew about 60 percent a year. Wow. Uh, and um, it was it was fun. It was great. Uh, you know, so uh, after we sold, I worked for the company for another three years. I stayed with the company and moved from where I was in Northern California to Colorado. Okay. And then in 2009, I got laid off. Uh, You know, we got bought by a public company and we all know what happened in 2008. Right. And in 2009, they closed 30% of the branch locations that we had across the country. Wow. And uh, so after that, I transitioned. I got into real estate. Uh, So I was a residential real estate uh, agent. For a number of years, I was door knocking people that were in foreclosure at the time and doing a lot of short sale business. Yeah. Uh, You know, Nancy, you know, on the sales side, I mean, the first time I knocked on a door, I was absolutely freaking terrified. Right. Um, But the more I knocked, the more I got comfortable. You know, I was pushing myself outside of my comfort zone every day. But I got to a place where I was like waking up every day going, oh, my God, I have to do this all over again. And so... That's when I looked at shifting again and I looked at, you know, what am I good at? Where are my skill sets? And that's when I got into marketing. And uh, I'm not going to tell you my road, my path in marketing has been straight. It's been winding right? Uh, as well because marketing is just so broad. But that's that's how I got in marketing in a nutshell. Cool. Well, you've got the sales edge, too. Um, 
Listen, you know, a lot of people feel that they're wasting time and money on marketing. Why is that? <laughs> uh, uh, there's a number of reasons. Um, they're wasting time and money on marketing because in my opinion, most of the time what happens with marketing is people are battling information overload. Yeah. There's so many different marketing channels today and so many tactics within those marketing channels. We're just like, wh where do we even start? And what most people do is jump right to tactics. Yeah. I need to have a website. I need to have a YouTube channel or a podcast, or I need to be on Facebook. We just immediately jump to taking action. But when we do that, we're skipping strategy. And the way I think about strategy is strategy is like fuel. The marketing tactics, the channels, those are vehicles. And when right. we just jump right into the vehicle with no fuel, we all know how well that's going to work, right? Right. That's why people end up wasting time and money on marketing. Um, I will be the first person to tell you from a marketing standpoint, it is about testing. There is a lot of marketing you're going to do that is not going to work. Really? Absolutely. I mean, does that vary from business works, to business? Say that again? Does that vary from business to business? Uh, that, that you're going to try marketing that's not going to work? Well, like some marketing methods may work better in some industries over other industries. Yes, that's absolutely true. Uh, what I would what I would say though is, any of the marketing vehicles can work. Yeah. You know, you just you have to have the right strategy behind it. Too right. many businesses do not have a firm handle on who their ideal clients are. Yeah. And because they don't have a firm handle on who their ideal clients are, their message to the market sucks. Like yeah. you can't create a message that's going to attract and engage people until you know who the heck you're trying to attract and engage. Yeah. Without those two elements in place, it is very difficult for your marketing to work consistently and frankly, for you to know why it's working. Because yeah. most people are just throwing the spaghetti up against a wall, hoping it sticks. Yep. So yeah. if we can take a step back and, and invest the time in strategy and then go back to the marketing vehicles, you, it's going to work much better. It's going to be more yeah. effective and you're going to, you're going to experience much more consistent, repeatable results with it. Huh? You know, I, I, I've often heard that it's best to have a narrow uh, target market. Um, and why is that important? And what's a simple way to do it? Yes. Yeah, so I, I am definitely a huge proponent of narrowing your market. Mm -hmm. um, at least at first, most people's initial roadblock is, well, if I narrow, then I'm closing off a bunch of the market. But the thing right. is, when we, when we focus, things become much, much easier. Most businesses are targeting a market that is far too broad, right? It's almost like the only thing when you target broadly, the only thing you can see is the entire red of the bullseye. You can't see the rest of the target. Right. When we focus, right, it brings that target into zoom. And now we can, you know, you, we can, we can hit a target that we can see. We can't hit a target that we can't. So when it's too broad, we can't see it. So we've got to narrow it down. Yeah. And um, when we, when we narrow it down, what yeah. it allows us to do is one, 
it makes it much easier to identify where we need to be to get in front of those people. It also allows us to create a message that is specific to that audience. Okay. One of my, one of my mentors said specificity sells, right? The more specific we can be with our marketing and our sales message, the more effective it's going to be. So one of the easiest ways to start to narrow in on a, a, a target market and identify who your ideal clients are is if you're an existing business, like you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You've been working with clients. Right. Start with your existing and your past clients. It's the easiest place to start. And what I, I call these the three power questions. Who do you love working with? Okay. Who are your most profitable clients? And who right. do you get great results for? Huh. You are looking for people that check all three of those boxes. I like Once, that. Okay. Once you have that group then you can start to look in that in that group to find where the commonalities are right you know, we, and and with that we start to look at demographics right the numbers behind those people but also the psychographics behind those people you know what are their what are their goals right what are the common problems they have how are they feeling those things and what ends up happening when you go through this process nancy is inevitably you end up with some subgroups that have commonalities. Right. And so for example, I just, I actually just interviewed a managed service provider, an IT consultant on my podcast who went through this process about two years ago. Okay. And they were like, Oh my God, over half of our clients are in the healthcare space. Huh? Why are we not, why are we not focusing strictly on the healthcare space? Right. Okay. Um, and so that's what they did. It's, it is a very eye-opening process. If, if people that are listening to this do one thing from yeah. this interview, do that one thing. You will be shocked at what you see. Wow. And then you can start to take the steps to improve your marketing once you have that data. Huh. Great suggestion. Um, how often should we be sending marketing messages out? How frequent? Uh, that's a loaded question, Nancy. Um, as often as you can, um, I think you, you're certainly your market needs to be accustomed to how you're going to communicate. But right. you know, think about it, it. Also depends on the medium, right? On social, I mean, you can you can post on social as many times as you want, right? right. As long as you got something important to say and share. Uh, email. You know, the email's different, but I don't know about you, Nancy, but I'm on some email lists where I get daily emails. You get and daily meetings? I get daily email messages from oh. those people marketing their business. Yeah, well, that, that annoys me. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. For me, though, okay, for these particular people, I'm okay with that because they're sending out valuable information. So okay. how often you communicate, again, this comes back to understanding your market yeah, and understanding what type of frequency you need to communicate with them. Yeah. But I would tell you most people are not communicating enough. Huh. Interesting. Okay, because, you know, if you're not staying in front of your ideal clients, it they're... 
they're going to forget about you, right? You, yep. But you need to add value to people. If all you're getting is a sales message every day, like yeah. that's going to be annoying for people, right? Yeah. But if you're providing information that's valuable for them, that's helping them, are they going to yeah. care? No, they're not because it's helping them. Wow. Right? Um, listen, let's talk about your revenue roadblock scoreboard. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Our revenue roadblock scorecard is what we call it. And um, okay. it's, you mentioned this in the beginning. You know, at my company, Rialto Marketing, when we work with clients, we are helping them remove their roadblocks, right? If you want to grow, if you want to accelerate growth, you need to remove the roadblocks that are in your way. And right. we focus on three critical areas of marketing, strategy, planning, leadership, right? So you think of strategy like fuel, planning is, is uh, the vehicles and leadership is the driver. Who's going to be the driver? Okay. So within those three areas, there are three additional roadblocks and we focus on helping people remove those. So the, all the, all, so there's nine in total. You've got your target market, right? You've got your message. You've got your services and your offers. Then you look at lead generation. How are you going to generate leads? Right. Then you look at lead conversion. How are you actually going to convert them? Uh, I'm sure you see this on the sales side. A lot of people have no sales process. Like, oh if, boy, You're if you right. don't have a sales process, how can you expect to consistently convert leads? Right. Then we look at what are you doing to retain clients and what are you doing to generate referrals? And then when we transition into the leadership side of it, we look at what metrics are you going to track? Overseeing implementation and execution and right. then ongoing optimization. Those are the nine roadblocks. So the revenue roadblock scorecard, it is a yeah. self-assessment. It takes less than five minutes. You go there, you answer some questions, and then it grades you on each of those roadblocks. Wow. So that you start to get an idea of, hey, where are we doing well and where are we not? Because all of these things, if they are a roadblock and you don't have those dialed in, Right. They are going to be a roadblock in your way to growing revenue and accelerating oh. growth. How, how can my people access that? They can, they can access that at revenueroadblockscorecard.com. Cool. Cool. Yep. Uh, how, so um, a company engages your services. How long does it take for them to see a return on their investment? The, the answer that I'm going to give you, which is what everybody hates, is it depends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I, here's what I will tell you. Most of the things that I am focusing on, marketing takes time. Okay. Yeah. Most, the, another reason why marketing fails for most people is they're thinking short term, not long term. Okay. And they don't give the marketing that they're doing enough time to actually work. So right. when you engage anybody from a marketing standpoint, you need to be thinking long term. Yep. Okay. Having said that, there are things that you can do to get more immediate results while you're investing the time and the effort on those things that are going to take a little bit longer to bear fruit. Okay. okay. So for example, okay. When we work with the client, there are some areas for quick wins. I'm going to give you, I'll give you some right now. Yeah. One, what's already working in your business. 
how what's already working to generate leads most so here's an example for that most people are generating a lot of referrals yep when i ask them how are you doing that most of them say it's just happening what you are already doing that's working is not fully optimized you don't have if you don't have a system in place or you have gaps in that system right you you want to fill those so that that's a quick win area if you can put in a system if you don't have it or fill in some gaps in that system to make it even better right that's an area for a quick win another area for a quick win is what used to work that you stopped doing Okay. We all have things that we used to do and then we got to, they were working great and then we got distracted with something else and we stopped. Well, you can go back and start doing that again. Right. That's an area. Those are two simple areas for quick wins. Yeah. While you're working on your marketing efforts that are going to take more time to bear fruit. The other thing is paid ads, paid ads, you know, Google ads, Facebook ads, you know, social ads of any kind can be a way to start to generate quicker leads. But I'm going to tell you, even with those, it does take, you know, it can take a month, two months, three months to really optimize that and dial in. And that's, it could be expensive. Don't you think? Yes, it can. Yeah, it can be. Uh, Yeah, it can be if you're not generating the right leads or you're not, and or you're not converting. Yeah. You know, you you shared with me that you think a year-long marketing plan is a waste of time. Why is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the, Nancy, the, the pandemic's a perfect example of this. If you had a year-long marketing plan that you had put in place the beginning of 2020, right? come March, that plan either went into a drawer or you lit it on fire. Right. Uh, because... Here's why I don't like year-long plans. One, there is no year-long plan. And this goes with marketing. It goes with any other planning you're doing for your business, in my opinion. Right. Year-long plans, no year-long plan is the same at the end as it was at the beginning. They change. That's true. And they change quickly. And what tends to happen with year-long plans is they become very complex. There's too many moving pieces. And- Complexity is the enemy of results. We need to keep things simple. Mm-hmm. And when we can keep them simple, we're, we're, we have a much higher likelihood of actually effectively implementing and executing on it. And if it's going to change quickly anyways, why take yeah. the time? I think yeah. you need to have an idea of what your goals are for, for a year out, three years out. But I think we need to focus on our planning in 90-day sprints. 90 okay, days I was keeps it. Ask you, 90 day sprints. 90 okay. days keeps it simple. It yeah. allows you to identify those, you know, those one, two, three really important objectives yeah. that are gonna that if you accomplish those, it's gonna help you get one step closer to your to your long term goals. Right. But it just it doesn't it keeps things simple. Wow. And you know exactly what you need to focus on. 90 days with marketing is long enough to start seeing traction, right? Right. Is the action that we've taken over the past 90 days helping us push forward, but it's short enough where we can make course corrections and then we just wash, rinse, repeat every 90 days. Love it. Love it. I can't believe, Tim, we're up with time. Um, (laughs) 
I find what you say fascinating. How can my people find you? Uh, two ways. Uh, one we already touched on, which is the revenue roadblock scorecard.com. Okay. The other way is going directly to the Rialto Marketing website. It, it's okay. R I A L T O marketing.com. You can connect with all our social there. We put out a ton of content. I got a podcast, blog content. That's the best place to start. I am also super active on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to connect with me there, okay. that's another great place. So you must love Florence. So I, um, I visited, um, I visited, uh, I went on a cruise in 2006 okay. that started in Venice and the, and the Venice bridge in Venice, the Rialto bridge is in Venice. Oh, it is? Um, I thought it was in Florence. Yeah, yeah it's in Venice. Um, and so that's kind of where the name came from. But I also, when I think of marketing, I think of marketing as a bridge that helps people get from where they are to where they want to be. I love it. So I love it. Listen, you know what? I, I was confusing it with Ponte Vecchio. So anyway, uh, yes. I love Italy. I loved our conversation. I hope you'll come back. And people out there, take advantage of the Revenue Roadblock Scorecard and um, see where, you know, it takes you. And get in touch with Tim if you really want to um, scale your marketing efforts. So until we speak again, make it a great sales and marketing day. See you next time. The Conversational Selling Podcast is sponsored by One of a Kind Sales. If you are frustrated that you don't have enough leads or your sales team complains that they just don't have enough time to prospect, we can help. To work with Nancy and her team to help you manage your sales team, install her proven outbound sales process, and create more bottom line results, email her now at nancy at oneofakindsales.com. To learn more about Nancy and her outbound sales secrets, grab your free copy of her book, The Inside Sales Solution, at oneofakindsales.com forward slash book.